I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast, and happy 4th of July weekend. I'm actually recording this on the 4th, so I hope everyone is enjoying time with their friends or their family, or maybe you're with both on a lake. If you are, I am jealous. I was on a lake last weekend, but I did not go this weekend, so I've just been hanging out in Dallas. I did not go home. I'm going to go home in a few weeks, which will be nice. So I hope everyone is having a nice, long, relaxing weekend. Maybe if you took some extra days off of work and get some little R&R, which I know is always nice, going back into the work week strong. So to kick off, before I get into who our guest is today, I know I've been MIA the last two weeks. I actually had an episode to launch last week and I got bronchitis. So I was really unable to talk and breathe. I was sleeping a lot from Sunday to Thursday. So I am back this week and I am so excited to have a very special guest who's been a really good friend of mine for going on, I guess, three years now. And Mike Flanagan was the owner of a bar that I worked at my final semester at Ohio State right before I actually moved to Dallas. And he has just become a really close friend of mine. And I joke and call him a life coach, but he's just been someone that has always really helped when I have questions in my career or just need a different perspective. And him and I think very similar. Uh, and we've just always talked about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and really taking that next step. And he's someone that I go to for guidance on so many different things, whether it's career, whether it's relationship, whether it's life. And he is just overall a really great, humble human being. And so I thought, why not have him on the podcast And this episode focuses a lot on career and how he's gone from the corporate world into real estate and being an entrepreneur now. And I think he just gives a lot of really good tips on getting started. And we'll say this tagline throughout the entire thing, but it's just putting one foot in front of the other and just taking that next step. And that's something that he has coached me on for the last three years And if there's one thing that I really want you guys to take away from this podcast, it's that exact same thing. So whether you're trying to dive into real estate or whatever it is, he's always told me, just take the next step and you never know what room you're going to walk into a month, a year, or 10 years from now. And so today on the podcast, I am so excited to have Mike Flanagan. All right. So let's jump right into it. Our guest today is Mike Flanagan, and I actually know Mike. This is actually kind of, I feel like a weird story. I didn't have a job my last semester um, of college, and one of the lady I babysit for was like, hey, you know, my brother-in-law is hiring at this bar. You know, if you want to start and become a bartender there, and I was like, I don't know. You know, I think I I can babysit. I'm not quite sure. Push Push comes to shove, and I end up working at this bar and Mike's brother owns it. So that's kind of the background of how I met Mike. Um, But I don't want to introduce him because I'm not him. So Mike, introduce yourself. Let the listeners know who you are. Yeah. um, I mean, my main job is as a real estate investor. And really why we bought the bar was it was on two and a half acres of prime property along a highway. 
Um, it just happened to have the bar on it. So um, my brother had been involved in some bars prior to, um, mostly just on the investment side. But uh, so we thought we'd give it a shot and run it. And uh, I think Erin was probably our first hire. And she had bartending experience, which thank God, because we couldn't even, you know, make a drink. So um, kind of a lifesaver when it came to the bar side of things. But uh, gosh, I think we've had that thing three years now, just kind of waiting for that property and everything to grow up around it. Uh, but it's actually doing pretty well now. So that's kind of the the genesis of that. But, um, you know, my day job is as a real estate investor, uh, mostly a multifamily. Um, I do have about 50 single family homes um, that I bought kind of in that uh, housing downturn. Um, so we can kind of touch on any of that stuff. <laughs> and I think actually, um, outside of Mike owning the bar, which I remember like the very first time I met you, very humble, very modest, would never kind of have known what you've grown into. But I think like we always bonded um, first because I knew I wanted to go into sales and you skipped over like kind of a, you know, I know what you do now, but I think in what this podcast and if there's one takeaway for everyone that's listening to this, it's that continue to take steps in the right direction. And this is a direct quote from Mike. And I call him my life coach. I call him my mentor, whatever he is. But every time I'm in a, a place in my life, both career relationships, whatever it is, he's like, just keep moving. Things will come as long as you put one foot in front of the other. And he's laughing right now, but it's so true. So kind of give your backstory. You didn't start in real estate. Yeah. When no, you graduated I mean, college, where did you start? Go right into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, graduating college, I... I started working for Time Warner. Um, we were doing upgrades. So I was in every kind of house you can think of, the smallest to the largest, putting in new digital boxes. And then I took a sales job with Icon Office Solutions and uh, that was selling copiers. Um, I did that for a little bit. And then I took a pharmaceutical slash medical job um, with Forrest, um, which is kind of my you know, real sales job. So definitely real estate is a second career for me. Um, I was always interested in it. And when I was doing pharmaceuticals, I was, you know, just kind of researching it and figuring it out and talking to people. And what I found was that the people that weren't having much success in real estate um, kind of had a volume problem, not a real estate problem. They only owned a couple units, you know, they would complain about, you know, the maintenance calls and things like that. So I knew right away that I wanted to kind of buy a decent amount. I mean, if you think of it, um, you know, if you have two units and one goes empty, you have a 50% vacancy rate. So right off the bat, um, I bought 14 units. And a lot of people ask like, well, you know, how was your transition or how did you get started in real estate? And because the barrier to entry, in my opinion, is a little bit harder than I think some people make it out to be, you know, I always say like the first 10 years was saving enough money, you know, to, you know, invest in those properties um, or at least take, take that, that big step. I was going to say, you kind of like jumped right into it, but I think like take a step back. So I think a lot of people, and this is something you've coached me on is that, you know, you were in sales and, you know, you don't need to, you know, bash whatever your job was, but it's like, what kind of was that prompt? I think sometimes, and this is something that resonates with me, it's that you feel like there's a calling or there's something to do more. And you always tell me like, sometimes when you chase that passion, it might not pay the bills. But I think for you, you saw an opportunity in real estate. Um, 
and I don't think you chased it because of the money. Explain kind of your transition and the why behind you went sales to real estate. Um, for yeah. the listeners, obviously, I know, but yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I did get to a point where I was like, I don't think I can do this job one more time. And I always say it wasn't a job problem. You know, it was a me problem. The job was a was a good job. Um, but I mean, I really got into real estate or the idea of working to my for myself or entrepreneurship more for freedom. Um, not really so much money. The money really wasn't that important to me. I wanted to make enough that you know I was sustainable on my own. But that really wasn't you know the goal. But you know, in my job, I mean, I kept like looking and going. You know what? I'm gonna have the same four weeks of vacation. You know, I'm only happy on the weekends. You know, I'm only happy when I get paid. I'm wishing for like retirement. Like, oh, I can't wait. You know, so I can do this or do this or do this. Um, and it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, I did that for, you know, a long time. I mean, I can't remember exactly how long, but I remember thinking that way and then just kind of looking and going, you know what, you know, when I was 25, I wanted to do real estate and now here I am at 35, you know, and I really, you know, still haven't, you know, taken as many steps as I, I would have liked. So, I mean, that was really my thought process between the transition, you know, not to mention I'm not really good at taking direction or listening to others or having people that think they're so smart. And I'm like, come on, you know, that doesn't even make any sense. So it's a that was another, another challenge with it. But again, it's a me problem. But, um, you know, I knew that I needed to move into a different direction. Yeah, which again, I think that's something too that, especially when you're moving in a blind direction and I know... Um, you had met or networked with a few people kind of getting into real estate. So I think maybe go granular on like when you started that transition, obviously, and I think sometimes like overnight success, like kind of go into when you first started, you know, the transition until you really saw it blossom and you were, you know, supporting your family for fully in real estate. And then know obviously towards the end of podcast we'll get to where you are now but I think that's such a good story and a good motivation for people out there that are maybe they're in that stage or maybe they're like you they're 35 or maybe they're like me and they're 25 and they're like I feel like I want to go in this direction but there's fear associated with that and you do such a good job at teaching me which I know other people can resonate with of like navigating that fear and again taking one step in front of the other so kind of a loaded question but yeah. Well, I, I do think that, you know, a lot of people consider it like really risky, like, oh my God, that's so risky. Like, but, you know, you kind of calculate that risk. So, you know, the transition was, I mean, it gets really hectic and busy before it gets easy and it stays that way for a while as you kind of try to scale. So, you know, 14 units doesn't get you out of your job. 28 units doesn't really get you out of your job. So, you know, when you're getting to like 50 doors, um, at least in this market, and I could go into how different markets are good for different things and and all that kind of stuff for anyone who was actually you know interested in the real you know details of, of real estate but you might be in a market that's good for airbnbs it might be good for flips might be good for multifamily who knows but for 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 us in the columbus market you know you we had to get to to 50 doors so while you're holding a job you know at the time i had two kids um and you're and you're trying to you know get 50 units you know i will say that you know my wife worked so that made the transition a little bit easier. Um, and she was helpful, you know, in the process with those, you know, with those early units as far as, you know, 
some of the maintenance calls and things like that. So it was kind of a, a team effort early on with with those uh, with those twenty eight. Um, and then you know once you you get to scale, you know I, I remember I kind of hired my first employee and I had to pay her more than we had. But once I got I quit my job, which was at about you know thirty units. Um, and focus full time, I could really scale. But I'll say the the real change for me was, you know, when I was early doing the real estate, I was kind of under the guides of probably what most people are like, you buy this stuff, it incomes, and you know, it appreciates, you pay down your mortgage, this is kind of how you make your money. So there's a couple of different ways, you know, that you, you build wealth with it. But, um, you know, I met um, a guy that was doing this full time. And he, I met him through one of my kids at school and he was doing it full time. So I just, you know, set up a meeting with him and said, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about how you do it and what you do. And literally within one lunch, I knew what I needed to do. He was, he was buying distressed, you know, some really distressed and some like, so a fixer upper type stuff. And he was building equity so much quicker, you know, than I was in just kind of that traditional route. So really within that moment, I knew, okay, you know, here's the direction that I want to move if I'm really going to make, you know, a living at this and, and do it quickly. Um, Cause you know, you're just shrinking. It all takes time. You're just kind of shrinking that, that timeline down. But, you know, I'm just now, I would say in the last, and I always made a little bit of money, but just within the last, you know, few years, um, is there actually kind of, I'm seeing real wealth and, and real money. And again, that was never really the focus. It kind of came as you just kind of go through, you know, the process. And it is what I tell you, which is, you know, just start moving in a direction. You know, if I had never bought the first 14 units, I would have never had a reason to talk to someone about real estate or about what they did. I mean, I would have, but they would have been like, well, what do you do? Oh, I'm in pharmaceuticals, you know? Well, okay. You know, so that, you know, precluded me to the next thing. And I think I've told you that even, you know, with the podcast, you know, whether it succeeds or fails, you'll be moving in a direction, you know, that opens up, you know, tons of other doors. So whatever it is you get out of this, whether it's, you know, the podcast goes to the moon or it's the connections from doing the interviews or something along the way that sounds very interesting to you that you find you want to pursue, you really can't see that. So just moving in the direction that kind of you feel like you should be moving for me was was kind of the trick looking back at it now. Yeah. And you always get told, and I hear this all the time, like networking, put yourself in situations that you just never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to, you know, be in the room with. And it actually happened to me yesterday. I was teaching a yoga class and, you know, I met someone that was in the industry someone just to make a connection with. And I think sometimes like when you're, you have that fear associated it, associated with the next move, it almost paralyzes you. So it's like, there's so much fear, like, okay, you know, if someone's out there and they're trying to get into real estate or maybe they're trying to start a podcast or whatever it is, it's like, sometimes there's so much fear that they don't even take that first step. And it's like, Mike, it, Mike just said, if I didn't go and just, you know, buy those 14 units. And again, you know, he was in a different state situation financially like we get that but if he never did that he would have never gotten himself into rooms that he's in now and so I think again like he always says take that one step and you just never know where that step is going to lead in one year in five year and ten year and I know you know 
you don't look a day over 21, but you've been doing, you've been in real estate for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, 10 years now? I'll pay you later. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it, I've probably been in it a lot longer than that. I've been in it full time as my only job for about 10 years. Um, but I, you know, I dabbled in it, you know, with the 14 and then, you know, the 28, things like that, you know, for a really long time. And again, it has a lot to do, at least with the purchase of those, because you kind of touched on that as far as financial situations, but it does have a lot to do with some of the, you know, cliche things like, you know, delayed gratification and living under your means. And that's how you, you know, acquire enough money or resources to take advantage of the opportunities that come in front of you. Because before that, I didn't, there wasn't a shortage of opportunities and there really wasn't a shortage of me spotting opportunities. I just couldn't take advantage of any of them because I didn't have the resources to to do it. And that that comes in a lot of ways. I mean, money, you know, connections, you know, someone that would help you to do it, you know, things like that. The other thing is, you know, when you get into that, something like the real estate or into the podcast, like I said, you start doing those things, you have a reason to talk to other people. So, you know, from there, you, you can find investors or like for you guests or whatever the the case may be. Yeah. No, I really like that. And you kind of just, you always give financial tips too, which I think, you know, is another, I mean, lots of advice from you, but I think too, you know, with real estate and I guess before we kind of like pivot the conversation, um, you know, tips for people that maybe are sitting on the other line of this, listening to it. And they're like, I've thought about real estate. I've had some of my girlfriends that are like, I want to get into real estate. And then they kind of go into it like, do I flip a house? Do I do this? Are there three, I'm th- going to throw you for a loop. Are there three tips or three tangible things that you would encourage someone that wants to go down the real estate track, especially now with how crazy the market is yeah. and everything involved with that? I know you have been kind of going through a transition even with your investments. So yeah, three pieces of, Tangible yeah, so so first first I would I would tell anyone this and I'll backpedal a little bit to kind of your previous question, which was just about you know doing something and and the fear of doing doing it is that you know keep in mind that whatever that choice is, it's not finite, right? So I think that's the paralyzing thing that that I got into and I think people get into when you're trying to make a change is oh my gosh, you know, if this doesn't work out, then what, you know, so then what the answer is, you, you'll just make a different choice, you'll, you'll go in a different direction, you know, whether backwards, forward, sideways, whatever the case may be. So yeah, I think that's, that's important, like to keep in mind when you're, when you're trying to do that. The other thing is when people make change, they always associate that with like, with loss, right? Oh, we're selling a house. And, you know, the kids have so many memories here and, and that there's always, you know, I'm getting a new job. I love my coworkers and this location was great or you're moving, whatever it is. It seems like the go-to is always, you know, what you're leaving behind versus what you're going towards. And so those are the two things that I try to keep in mind more often than not is, you know, all the positives are going to come from, you know, once we sell the house, you know, maybe we're going to, you know, for us, we're moving, we'll move downtown and then all the restaurants and the walking and all of these positive things that will come, you know, from that. So those are two of the just kind of more broad things that I think are important is, you know, you'll make another choice. So don't get paralyzed by your initial choice. And, you know, there's usually a lot more to gain on the other Mm -hmm. side when you make those changes than there is to lose. So try to focus on kind of where you're heading and and what the future looks like and and how many things you're going to have opportunities to do versus, you know, what you're leaving behind 
as far as the real estate goes, wait, I'm going to interrupt say, you there because I oh, think, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I asked a loaded question, but I think you just said something really good on that track is like fear of change. And I think as I've gotten older, like I always didn't want to make a lateral change. Like I'm like, okay, what if I take this new job and it's the same thing? Or what if I go and do this and it's the same thing? And even though you say you have at times you can have a pessimistic mindset, it's like, it's very opportunistic. Like it's a very, you know, you're being an optimist in that and just saying that like the, there, you could make a lateral move, but I think even if it is quote unquote lateral, you're still gaining something from that. Even if it's, you know, expertise that you carry on to the next thing. You know, I think for me, like my yoga teacher training really helped me on this platform because it taught me how to speak in front of a group of people and how to guide an audience. And so it's like, like you just said, even if it's a step that maybe isn't like the giant leap of faith, at least it's one step in the right direction. So it's not letting that like fear of change or fear of not moving the perfect way. Cause I think there is no, you know, if Mike's story is not a testament, there's no perfect way to get into whatever that outcome is, whether it's real estate, whatever it is. Well, and, and I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think those are great points. And the other thing is, you know, you're gonna have a lot of like, you know, naysayers when you're, you're moving mm-hmm. in that direction and you, you want to put that, you know, to the back burner too, because had I listened to, and to be honest, had I known all of the things, like if I'm here and I'm looking backwards and I had known all of the problems and all of the challenges I would have had along the way, I don't know that I would have tried. You know, like if I, if I could see back into the past from the future and and they said, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I don't know that I would have, you know, moved forward. So, you know, I guess my point to that is that, you know, but once you get there, yeah. You look back and you're like, yeah, those things are challenging, but I really wouldn't change where I ended up kind of for the world. You know, I, I can't imagine still, you know, working this, the job or the industry that I was in, really any industry for that matter. I mean, one of the things that keeps me motivated to this day is that I am terrified of having to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Fear. He just said yeah. it in himself. Fear yeah. of going yeah. Uh, taking a step back, but yeah, yeah, I meant that. I mean it more of like back into like a corporate job. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's also what freed me when I thought, well, you know what? If this doesn't work, it's not like I can't go right back. You know, to what I was doing. I had that skill set, and that was one of the things. Again, if this choice doesn't work out, I'll just make another one. But I also think it's it was a step. If you hadn't done real estate and you hadn't done sales, would you know you kind of reverse like would you have been successful in real estate because you're always selling yourself. Yeah. So I think so. I mean, I listen, I think sales is a key component component in all of that stuff. But I think, and this will get a little bit into your real estate, like I think at, the, at heart, I'm a little bit, hence the bar and some of the other things is I'm a little bit more of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were doing all of the real estate rehab, like I opened up a construction business and, you know, once we got kind of through that after a few years, I, I shut it down. Um, I didn't really enjoy that that side of the business, but um, you know, we finished basements and we did some roofing and we did bathroom and kitchen remodels. And so, you know, you know, then the bar came up. So we'll do that. So I do think there's kind of an entrepreneurial spirit that lets you pivot. You know, depending on what the opportunities are. Um, you know, I think Warren Buffett said, you know, you don't need to make you know a hundred good choices slash investments, you know, in your life, you you make three to five, you know, really good ones, you're going to be really well off, 
you know, um, you know, towards the, towards the middle, towards the end. So, um, you know, I think, I think sales is, is great. I just, it's, I don't think it's the, the end all be all. And I think a lot of people that were never in sales might, you know, you know, be good at, sometimes I think sales gets a bad rap where you're, you know, but you're a talker or you, you know, do all this and you do that. I'm the opposite of that, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so I don't think you would meet me at a party or an and go, wow, you'd be really good at sales. Um, but, you know, I think when you're an entrepreneur, it, you know, it has a lot more to do with, you know, connecting with people and, you know, understanding what they want and what they need and how you can, you know, kind of address that and then kind of aligning them with you so that, you know, both of you are kind of moving in the same direction and everybody feels, feels comfortable with, in my case, kind of the investment. Problem solving. Yeah. What do all, I mean, I hear it even at work or whatever it is. It's like when you're scaling anything or you're, you know, building anything, it's like, especially when you're, you're solving a problem, you know, and you, yeah. we talked about this the other day. Um, what was the TV show that you were watching? I think this oh is gosh. a great, it, it's I just mean, a great testament to like that drive. And I think this is one thing that I've heard over the last few months that's like impacted me more than I think it's like hard work outruns any sort of talent any day. And it, I feel like it's so true. It's like the people that are at the top work their asses off. And even in yeah. the days when it's hard or you're not seeing the results or you mentioned instant gratification, I think that's something and it's very real now just in, you know, how we live is that it's like, and I tell myself this when I'm, you know, getting up and I'm making cold calls and I don't want to, I'm like, you know what? Hard work, it always comes back in a tenfold. It's just, you have to put the work in, you have to keep going and believe in yourself. You kind of just said when you try to take a pivot and you try to take a different direction, there's going to be a lot of people that tell you, you can't. And it's so right. true. And I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and he was saying how his best friend, when he wanted to launch it said, um, that's a terrible idea. And he's like, if I would have listened to him, I wouldn't <laughs> have built this million dollar business yeah. in this podcast. And it's so true. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I don't, I don't think there's any replacing, you know, uh, you know, hard work, you know, to, to a certain degree. Although I, ha I did, <laughs> I did read something a, a long time ago that said, you know, don't forget about your environment. And it compared it like it was a farmer, right? And it said, you know, if this farmer, it doesn't matter how hard he works, if he's on a bed of rocks, he can get up every morning at 6 a.m. and go to bed every <laughs> night at midnight. He can water, seed, plant, fertilizer. He's never going to compete, you know, with the farmer that's got fertile ground, you know, that's, that's doing the same thing. Matter of fact, he could probably do even less. So I would say, you know, I don't, I definitely don't discount, you know, the work ethic, but I think people get caught up in like, you know, work, 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 work in my world, you know, number one, you, you want to make sure that the, you know, environment is right, that you're not just spinning your wheels. Um, because that, you know, that's, that's counterproductive. And then, you know, how do you scale? So, you know, again, to what I do, like I need to be able to make money kind of, I mean, you know, you make money while, while we sleep, they say, you know, so, you know, these, you know, mailbox money, whatever you want to call it, which is really no such thing because you're always <laughs> working, you know, but you're not working in the sense of, you know, 50 hour a week, you know, this, that, the other. And, you know, Bill Gates says, you know, if you have a difficult problems, find someone lazy because they'll find the easiest way to get it done. 
So, you know, there's a balance there, I think, you know, I think, I think hard work sometimes gets too much, you know, too much credit, you know, <laughs> whereas there's a, another side about, you know, whether, you know, the circumstances are right and, and you're putting yourself into, you know, those kind of opportunities where your hard work is, is going to pay off. And I think you should look for that, you know, at least as much as you do focusing on, you know, the work side of things if that makes sense. Yeah, I saw a, a quote or an equation. And it was like, luck is when hard work meets opportunity. And yeah. I resonated yeah. so much with it because it's like, you're going to work hard, put in the time, put in the effort, put in the thought. And then if you're putting in all of that, it's going to create opportunity, whether it's in okay. the direction yeah, that- That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, and luck and timing definitely plays a role. And you know, you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in situations where you have the opportunity, you know, to be lucky, you know? Um, so, you know, for, for what that's worth. <laughs> I know he's over here talking about hard work and I'm like, you uh, again, kind of a testament to your character, but I think, you know, my initial question was about the three takeaways, but I think yeah. before we get kind of to that point and we pivot the conversation, I think one thing that I've always admired about you and I think is sometimes overlooked is that you are very like, humble person when you when I first met you I would have no idea the success that you've had and as much as it is a compliment I think speak to that and I know you probably won't elaborate on this much or too much because I know you but it's just like I think like keeping that character I think sometimes as you grow up that you know success or some people look at these you know, they look at success and they kind of lose sight of who they are or they start chasing things that aren't authentic. And I think it's easy to get caught up in whether it's money or whatever it is, status, and kind of lose sight of who you are. I think you've done a really good job at staying who you are at your core and not getting caught up in all of those things. So I think like speak to that just from your experience. If that yeah, makes sense. I mean, not to get too deep, but like I grew up, I mean, my mom was single. She raised us. My dad was an alcoholic who wasn't present. Um, so we grew up, you know, in a way that, you know, there wasn't a lot around. I actually got kicked out of my first high school. So um, I went to a second high school and it was wealthy people, you know, parents were doctors, lawyers. And I just remember going to some of those houses and going, holy shit. Like, it was probably the first time I had seen anything like that. In my other high school, there was, you know, a rich person here, a rich person there, but not, not this level. And um, where I grew up, you know, you know, when you grow up, our vacation was to Ruston, Louisiana, where my grandparents lived. They flew us down and we spent a week or two weeks there. That was kind of the annual thing for a long time. I mean, my mom later, you know, we had some stuff, but by that time I was pretty, I was pretty old. I'm the oldest of three. So you know, and, and then I think, you know, so there's, there's that, right. So I don't, I haven't forgot all of that. And then, mm -hmm. you know, on the, on the other side is everybody that I met, you know, from, from that point on until, you know, I was, you know, an adult, the people that I liked the most were the people that were just how you like, they had plenty, they shared plenty, they never talked about it. Um, and because when you were like me, you know, my mom worked all the time. So, I mean, I can, there's times where like, I would have my, I'd be with my friend's parents and we would go to eat and I wouldn't have any money. I remember thinking, 
oh God, oh God, oh God, you know, please just pay for it. Don't ask me if, if I'm going to pay for it. You know, things like that, that I, that I remember um, growing up that, you know, I'm, I'm sure play a role into how I behave now. Uh, but the thing that I can remember most recent is more, you know, being around some, I coached high school wrestling um, at the same high school that I graduated from, which was, you know, Watterson. And, um, you know, I just, those people, there's a lot of those people there um, that are just well-to-do, humble, you know, helpful, you know, good values, all of those kind of things. And I just always like those people and the, the braggarts and the, you know, showy, you know, everything. And I don't mind a nice car and nice, you know, those kind of things, <laughs> but, you know, talking about it all the time and this is what I do and this is how much, I, you know, unless we're having a conversation about financials or you're trying to help me or I'm trying to help you, you know, I don't need to hear, you know, about everything that you do. So I think that's probably why I, you know, I, I looked at those people and, you know, we're like, this is kind of what I want to be. And I will say that's one of the attributes without getting too far off base. You know, that I think my mom did by, you know, getting us away from my dad is you got a chance to look around and see, you know, who you wanted to be. You know, you didn't have somebody negative there all the time. Right. So I was I think I was fortunate in that way that, you know, she didn't decide to like, oh, I want to stay, you know, with the, with the father for the for the children's sake, you know, because it gave us an opportunity to, you know, even though we didn't have any direction, you know, from the male perspective, um, it gave us an opportunity to look around and see who we wanted to be. And, and to be honest, my whole life has been that way because there weren't a lot of great mentors around. I learned a lot from watching what not to do, well, probably a lot more than mm -hmm. I did ever learning, you know, what to do. I could probably name the instances in my life that I, you know, someone, I was like, oh, thank you for that information. I could go on and on for hours about, you know, the things that I witnessed that I'd be like, okay, that's, that's the wrong way, or that's not a good idea. And then you just kind of navigate, you know, yourself that way. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, kind of, you know, we're going everywhere, but that's another <laughs> thing too, that I think is super important is that not allowing your circumstances to defy where you're going in your life. And I think sometimes, and I've done this, especially, especially in high school and through college, you look at successful people and you automatically assume that's where they came from. And it's like yeah. almost, it kind of puts a, a negative mindset in your mind. Obviously it's called the pop podcast for yeah. a reason, but I think it's just like looking at, you know, learning from people like Mike and listening to this and just saying like, you know, I truly believe that, you know, I understand I'm not naive to the fact that other, you know, people who, you know, had the opportunity to go to college, like I understand that. I just think it's not allowing those circumstances to define who you are. And there's so many, especially with podcasts and YouTube, there's so many quote unquote free ways to kind of gain education. Your YouTube, I mean, I set up this podcast through YouTube. There's so many yeah. things that you can do. And it's like, you know, obviously if you're going into real estate, totally different conversation, but it's still like, I think there's so many opportunities for people to grow and kind of move in their direction. Again, as long as you're going back to the beginning and taking that step in the right direction and not letting how you grew up or whatever, we all have that one thing that kind of puts us a step behind. It's not letting that be the barrier of entry. It's breaking sure. that I down. Mean, yeah. I mean, that that's a great point. I mean, because I, I mean, even if you just look at physical, I mean, some people are skinnier, heavier, taller, prettier, you know, everybody has their, you know, strengths and weaknesses, gives and takes, whatever you want to call them. 
And yeah, your job is, you know, to make the most out of what, you know, you have the ability to do. And I do think, you know, we've done, you know, this probably your generation, maybe <laughs> a little bit younger disservice in the, oh, you can be anything you want to be kind of thing instead <laughs> of you can kind of, you, you need to be the best you can be. It's probably a little bit better, better message. Cause I do think, you know, you don't want to keep them from striving, but at the same time, you know, it's a little bit, I, I, I worry that they get frustrated when, you know, whatever that success is supposed to be, doesn't come. Um, you know, I think, you know, the advice I try to even give my kids is just, you know, find, you know, find something that you're good at, you know, that that's, that's kind of your job, you know, you, you'll, you'll make money, you'll do well and all that. And, you know, passion is, is a bonus. You know, if, if you can find something that you're passionate about and good at and pays, I mean, sky's the limit, but you know, sometimes passions don't pay, you know, maybe you like snow skiing or water skiing and you know, whatever it is, you know, that may or may not be able to, you know, be turned into a, a living. Um, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, poo poo anybody's <laughs> dreams. I'm just trying to make a realistic argument so that they, you know, can, can move in a, a direction that they, they can succeed in and, and not, uh, you know, get too, too down on themselves when sometimes things don't work out. Yeah. And not letting, and this is something that, you know, I'm not the most patient person. I'll be the first one to admit that, but I think it's hard, especially when you see with social media, there's, you see success at such a younger age that you're putting a comparison there. That's a whole different conversation on comparing yourself. But I think it is true that, and you know, this is something we had this conversation, you know, last week about if it's your passion and it's something that you're good at, the sky is the limit. And you actually said something that I've never heard before. And it really resonated is that sometimes people don't dream big enough touch on why you said that and i guess just elaborate on that because i thought i've never heard in the million podcasts everything i've listened to someone say like you always hear you know you're dreaming too big or oh my gosh you want to make a million dollars by 30 that's crazy and you said i don't think people dream big enough and i was like yeah i mean i even look like even where i'm at today like i didn't this wasn't where I, I never thought that it would be, and it could have gone further. Like I kind of, it's all personal, right? I kind of settled in. I don't, I would get off too far here, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, probably more people than less, you know, limit themselves in what they think they can accomplish or, or what their, their, their dream is. I mean, within reason, you know, I mean, you know, you may have something that's crazy, you know, like I want to be a, you know, rap star or something like that. But I mean, within like whatever your, your lane is, most people kind of go, well, you know, I'll probably get to here. If I got to this point, that would be the best. And usually that's a limitation. Usually I, I feel like most people can get, you know, a lot further. You know, when I first started, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I, if I could get to 2000 a month or 4,000 a month or whatever the number was, you know, that would pay the bills and, I would, that's it. I'd be happy. And then I'm not working for the company and I'm, you know, and that's, you know, that, I mean, I didn't let that limit. I mean, you can also, you know, reassess and reevaluate and push, but I do think, you know, more often than not, most people could dream bigger. Yeah. No, I love that too, because I think, and you're a very realistic person as am I. So, you know, I think that's why we got along, but it, it is true. And 
I just think the point there is that if you're if there's something in mind that's urging at you, whatever that is, you know, whatever you feel is calling on your heart, whatever that is, I think. And even for me, it's like even with the podcast, I think sometimes like I put I have numbers that I want to hit by certain points. But I almost think and when after you told me that quote, I'm like, maybe I'm conservative on it. I just think that yeah. like when you put in the effort and you're passionate about something and like the, that's the direction you want to go, I truly believe that results will come after a certain point. And is it going to be easy? No. And I say this all the time, like if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. And even the timelines, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, some, some of those things, you know, I don't even think are that valuable in the sense that, you know, if you, if you have a goal, a dream, whatever, and you put, and maybe it's helpful for some people, you know, five year and you don't get there in five years, do you just go, okay, well, you know, there gave it, gave it my best shot. If you do, you shouldn't, you know, adjust and, you know, okay, you know, maybe it's going to take 10 years. And, and that's, that's usually, and, and just in that principle alone, I mean, to me, that just kind of brings up consistency, mm-hmm. which I think is the most underrated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, characteristic talked about. I mean, when I look at success in almost anything, that's the thing that jumps out at me is the people that are consistent. I mean, if I look at fitness or diet or, you know, financial well-being or anything, those people are all consistent. You can't achieve any of those things in a quick, short, hardworking amount of time, if that makes any sense. Like you have to be consistent over a long period of time in order to achieve, you know, long-term success in most cases. Yeah. I've heard that as well. Consistency. And it kind of goes back to hard work. If you're showing up every day, you're working hard, you're being consistent in your efforts. Obviously there's going to be days where you're not going to be at a hundred percent. That's part of life. But I think again, it's just whether it's a career or maybe it's, you know, volunteering or serving, like whatever that is for you that you, you know, you're passionate about, you enjoy, whatever the direction is, it's yeah. Showing up, putting on a positive attitude, even when you don't want to. I know there's a lot of days I wake up, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, but there's always an outcome at the end of it. And you've always, you know, done a very good job at encouraging that and <laughs> leading in the right direction. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Yeah. Do you yeah, have there's a quote about, you know, if I could do one thing for people, I would change their perspective, not their circumstances, because, you know, usually that's the problem. Which is literally verbatim why I started this podcast. Yeah. I think truly the second I woke up and I realized that life didn't happen to me, it's happening for me was when my life changed. And I'm not just talking about it in my career. I'm nowhere near where I want to be in my career, not even close. But it's just like when you wake up and you change the way you look at things, the things you're looking at change. Truly. Yeah. Well, and one of the things with with that is, you know, taking control, you know, kind of versus just kind of hands off the wheel. You know, a lot of people, you know, life does just happen to them. And so the more you can put your situ- your, yourself in situations where you have more control. And that was one of the reasons that I left, you know, the job I was in. I mean, very little control over the outcomes, you know, for my sales goal, my team, all of those things. The more I was there, the more I realized we weren't really kind of in control of any of this stuff. And I really longed for something that my decisions and my actions, you know, were paramount and they made a difference. 
and I was controlling kind of my success and failure versus kind of this corporate overstructure that I just felt like, you know, these people are constantly advantaged. These people are constantly disadvantaged. These people were traditionally in the middle and that very rarely is changing. I mean, the one company, I mean, I was there for a decade, you know, and the same, you know, quarter of the country was going to president's club eight of 10 years, you know? <laughs> so anyway, that's a, a different thing, but you know, it is, it, it goes along the same lines of just, you know, your perspective and taking control and, and starting to kind of, you know, lead yourself in a direction that's going to get you to the destination that you want. And you said the word control, which I think sometimes, and I've noticed this, take control over things that you can control. Absolutely. Like take, I think sometimes people take it uh, to an extreme or try to control external things. And I think that's where the mindset comes into play. And that's where like the term control not gets lost. I don't know how I'm trying to describe this right now, but it's like, I think you can only control yourself and the things that you do, you can't control everything around you. And so I think it's like letting go and trusting that things will happen as long as you're doing your part. And that's also changing your perspective on how you look at the things you can't control again, like in saying, Instead of saying, oh, I can't believe this happened to me or why me? It's like, this is happening for me. It's something I can't control. Moving on. Yeah. It might be the yoga, but it's just like that. <laughs> He's laughing. That's just, I, it's something that's helped me. And I think it's so hard until you like really start to practice it and you really start to put that one foot in front of the other and you just start to, you know, this is a, podcast to encourage people and obviously you know again going back to the title like positivity but I truly think that mindset is everything and I believe that you've said this before like mindset is one thing but it's taking the actions above that so it's like you can have a positive mindset but if you're not acting on those things then the oh, outcome's not going to change <laughs> yeah I mean you, you probably sat around with friends I know I have and you know you're talking about ideas or, oh that's a million dollar idea or that's a million dollar idea and then mm -hmm. okay next day comes and you know there it goes and who knows a year later you see somebody came out and you're like oh my god well that's that's the person that took action hey that's so direct <laughs> but it's so and i've done that before i remember before like the like to know it up go kind of going down the blogger train this is like a side tangent i remember being like it would be so cool if there's one place that i could shop for all this cute things that i see on instagram and what happened the difference between someone that thinks the idea and someone that does. And I always right. encourage people to be the doer. And even if it's something that scares you or whatever it is, take this as a sign to, as Mike says, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. All right. As we wrap up this episode, three things, whether it's real estate, career, life advice, you're good at all of them. But I think like three main takeaways that you want the listeners to leave this podcast with? Yeah, I mean, on the on the real estate front right now, I would just say it's very difficult to find opportunities in real estate. I always say when you start to see all the podcasts and books and all of that kind of stuff out there about how to make money in real estate, those are all the guys that made it in a better market. And now you can make more money writing about investing in real estate than you can actually investing in real estate. So with that being said, be patient. I'm sure there's still some deals out there, um, but I would, you know, I would be, be patient. They're going to be harder, you know, 
um, harder to find. Um, you know, a quote that I love, so maybe my second thing is, you know, those who think they know it all have no way of finding out that they don't. Um, <laughs> I love so, that. I mean, that, I just love that because it, it listened, keep an open mind. Everybody has their struggles, challenges, you know, information, something that you can, um, you know, take away. So, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's important. And then I know this is the pop podcast, but, you know, a, a healthy level of skepticism, especially around your business dealings is important. I can tell you, I've lost a fair amount of money in businesses and it was almost always a person problem, not a business problem. So by that, I mean, I evaluated the business well. Um, what I made my mistake is I didn't evaluate the people that were involved in the business very well. And that usually ended up coming back to be the reason why it ultimately fails. So I'll leave you with those, those three things. Read people's character. Yeah. I think character. Yeah. And believe them. When they show you who they are. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode on relationships, right. which is something he's really good at. But it is true. And sometimes we don't want to believe it, especially when yeah. it's in a business relationship. I mean, I've, I've seen it at work. It's like you don't necessarily want to believe it or you try to see the best in people. But yeah. you said it best when they show you who they are. Don't hope they're going to change because people don't change unless they want to change. Yeah. You know, there's a book called Blink, and uh, that's kind of what it talks about, the, you know, how your subconscious thin slices, and uh, it just says, trust that initial gut feeling. It, it's usually right, and the longer you give people who you feel that way about to convince you uh, there's, they, or to, to, I guess, give you information or talk to you, you just, you're giving them more time to convince you that mm -hmm. they're, you know, something they're not. not. Not to say make snap judgments, but just don't throw that away. You know, kind of keep that in the back of your mind is how you felt, you know, the, the first time initially. Good takeaways. The last and final question that I ask everyone is, what are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? Well, I am or grateful for the, the <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, you know, a happy long weekend with the uh, family and friends. So we got a lot of graduation parties, a lot of cookouts. So. It should be, it should be fun, but I'm excited for the weekend. Yeah, I agree. I know I'm very grateful for my friends and family and for this podcast. So thank you, Mike, for, yeah, thanks for having me. jumping on and thank everyone for tuning in and we will be launching this episode soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>